So hello to all my CPA masterminders. So welcome to today's training, uh, knowing your value beyond bean counting. Today is Wednesday, July 20th. Uh, my name is Emma Richter. I'm a former CPA and I've worked in both public and private accounting and I have been an accounting professor for the last 20 years. And I am also a certified life coach. I love this work and I think it's important for everyone, but I really believe there's a special kind of magic when you put together the analytical and logical skills of someone like a CPA with the soft skills you're going to learn from working with a life coach. This is being recorded, so you will be able to get the audio replay within 48 hours on the private podcast feed. The agenda for today is I'll take about 15 minutes to talk about our topic, and then we'll move into coaching. At any time during the training, feel free to put your questions in the Q&A box or in the chat. I have both of those open, and we'll try to keep an eye on them. Um, if you want live coaching today, uh, when we get to that, uh, please raise your little hand icon and I'll bring you on live. Please be safe, not driving, and if possible, in a quiet and distraction-free location. You can change your name to anonymous if you want to, and just know that whatever your question that you want coaching on, it's going to help everybody, whether they're on the call today or listening to this later. Um, other ways you can get coached, you can type a question into the chat at any time. Make sure and use shift and enter. If you're going to do multiple lines, if you just push enter, you will submit it right away. Or you can submit questions in advance by emailing hello at GeraldineCarter.com. And don't forget about your private 20-minute coaching sessions inside the CPA Mastermind page. 20 minutes might not seem like a lot, but you will be surprised at how much you can get clarity on an issue in those 20 minutes. Your coach can help you both with focusing on the issue and your coach is there to observe your thoughts as an independent observer, kind of like a golf coach. The coach observes your swing from a very different vantage point than you do experiencing the swing and they can help you clear up any problems much faster because of that difference. So if somebody calls you a bean counter, what do you think they're saying about your job? Is that a nice thing? Well, not really. It's a very derogatory term about accountants, kind of indicates that they are nitpicky or boring, uh, lack vision. Maybe we need accounting, but they don't have a sense of humor and it kind of sucks the fun out of running a business. This is a very common perception of accountants. And um, I have to say, I even, my daughter is an accountant and I mentioned this topic to her and she was like, oh, absolutely, that's so true. So I really care a lot about this topic, even personally. I think the media is partly to blame. I think, but I think we as accountants also tend to accept and perpetuate the stereotype way too often. Um, so let me ask you a question. Is there a show or a movie that talks about accountants that you can think of that you either like or don't like? If anybody wants to put that in the chat, I'm curious to see if anybody can think of a show that talks about accounting. 
What if I asked you to think of a show that talks about doctors or lawyers? There's a million shows, right? What about a show about engineers? I can't think of a single one. But as far as accounting goes, I was watching a show, um, The Arrow, the other day. It's kind of an older show based on a comic book. And it's about this really wealthy guy who is an arrow shooting crime fighter. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's go to that real quick, Alan. The Accountant by Ben Affleck. What did you think of that movie, though? We'll just uh, I, I thought it was entertaining. Uh, yeah. Because I think he ended up, you know, he's like a, a military guy too, or, you know, big sharpshooter and, and all that kind of stuff. But Okay. He started out with the perception of, you know, just being a, a numbers guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's an excellent point. So they brought it around, but the initial presentation is boring numbers guy. But then you find out he's not really a boring numbers guy. So that's very cool. So as I was saying, the, um, the arrow, uh, I was watching this show the other day. So his mother, the Arrow's mother, says to her bodyguard, I couldn't believe this. She says, oh, you don't need to come with me to this meeting because I'm meeting with my accountant and the only danger is being bored to death. I was like, what? <laughs> That's terrible. And really, if you think about it, the premise of this show is that there's this tremendously wealthy family. They're running a conglomerate. That's not going to happen without accountants. Why is that boring? We love money. We love to see people with money, but yet the caretaking of money is boring. I think it's it's seen as boring because we let it be. We think boring thoughts about the care and maintenance of money in a business, like accounting something you have to do. It's not what I really want to do, or it's not what I went into business for. But is that actually true? Because I would question that. An entrepreneur goes into business to make money. So how is caring for that money not what he really wants to do? And I would say there's more at stake here than just your enjoyment of your, of, you know, or your personal perception of your job as an accountant. In order to increase prices, we have to show that we are giving more value, right? And that starts with exposing the value that already exists in the accounting function. And if we as accountants aren't excited by our jobs, how can we expect our clients to get excited about our services and therefore see the value in what you do? So to increase prices, as we've said, we have to increase the value or at least the perceived value. And that starts at home with you. So let me ask you this. Do you see yourself as basically just a bean counter? And how do you talk to other people about your job? How do you talk to yourself about your job? I think that's really important to look into. Maybe sit down one day and just do a little brainstorming session and write down whatever thoughts come into your mind about what do I think about my job? If I introduce someone or myself to someone and say I'm an accountant, do I feel defensive? Do I feel excited? I think that's really worth exploring because if you think being an accountant is boring, you need to change that in order to show your value to your client. But how do you do that? First, you become, like I said, you become aware of what you actually are thinking about your job. 
And then you have to work at changing your thoughts, which will change your feelings about being an accountant. You have to look at your job with fresh eyes, look at it from a different vantage point than you're used to. So let me give you an example of this. Um, I don't think that most of you in the mastermind program are auditors, but of course you know about auditing and maybe you know at one time you even worked as an auditor in your career. And, um, but if you ask most people what they think of auditors, they don't like them. They may think they have integrity, but they find them a nuisance to their job. And I'm not talking about an IRS audit. That's a totally different subject. I'm talking about an audit by a CPA firm that is required by the SEC in order to get the unqualified opinion. So most employees find audits kind of a hassle. It takes away from their real, quote unquote, real job, and therefore they look at auditors unfavorably. And if you're an auditor and you start to absorb that attitude, you may start thinking of yourself in that way. But auditing is a noble profession. And if we didn't have audits in this country, we wouldn't have the stock market. And then companies couldn't raise funds as easily because investors would have to have firsthand knowledge of a business before they invested. And we would literally see a huge drop in our standard of living. So when you look at it that way, auditors are actually heroes. They are safeguarding our way of life. And if that's how you thought of your job, if you were an auditor, how would you come across to people? I think you would come across very differently than if you believed you were a nuisance. So as we said, in order to increase prices, we have to be able to show the value to our clients, which means we have to know the value of what we do and live it every day. And that means choosing thoughts on purpose and reminding ourselves of those thoughts on a regular basis, which we call practicing thoughts. So what is a way you can think about your job that is inspiring or exciting, that shows the value of what you do? Here's an example which you may like or you may not like, but you can come up with your own examples. Um, you just wanna tell a story that excites or inspires you. So you will pass that feeling on to your clients. What if, you, what if you thought of yourself as a data interpreter and a storyteller? As an accountant, um, you're taking numbers and charts and you are turning them into a story that your clients can understand. Accounting is the language of business and most of your clients don't speak that language very well, but you do and you speak it fluently. Have you ever been in a situation in a foreign country or something, or, or just anywhere, and someone is speaking to you in a language you don't understand? It's really frustrating, and sometimes it's overwhelming, and you so badly want to communicate with that person. You want to know what they're saying, but you just don't understand them. When you find an interpreter, you, you feel such relief and gratitude. Now you can understand. Now you can carry on the business you need to carry on. And notice, you don't want to learn the language yourself, but you do want to understand what's going on. And your clients are exactly the same way. They care about their businesses. They care about their money. And many of them feel powerless and afraid because they don't, they don't understand what's happening financially. You relieve their fears and you give them control over their finances by educating 
and interpreting these numbers in a way that they can understand. You tell them their financial story so that they can understand what's going on. And that's no small thing. I mean, imagine you're like an artist and you have a shop. You're, you're really good at art. So you decide, I'm going to open a shop on Etsy and you're good and your, your paintings or whatever, they take off and you're making all this money and you think you are terrible with money and numbers and you know, you don't know what's going on in your business. And you also know you should know what's going on in your business. You feel lost and helpless and absolutely panicked when it comes to tax time because you don't know what you're doing and you're afraid you're going to get in trouble. As this person's accountant, you can tell their financial story in a way that makes sense to that artist. Over the years, little by little, you can teach them about accounting which means that they can grow their business and they can enjoy it because they don't have this nagging feeling that they're failing at a huge part of running their business. You're literally helping them make their dreams come true. And if you approach your clients with this attitude that I'm going to help you make your dreams come true, they're going to see the value in your services much easier. So contrast this with talking to your clients, um, like, yeah, I know you think my job is boring and this is the downside of running a business. And they may come to you with that attitude, but it's your job to show them otherwise. It's your job to convince them. And the way to do that without sounding forced or creepy is if you truly believe it, you really believe it and you live it, that's, that's how you show your clients your value. And here's a... Here's a way to think about it. When you were in school, did you ever have or hear somebody talk about a class that they had that they really liked, even though they didn't care much about the subject, just because the teacher was so into it and they made the class so interesting? So this exactly this thing happened to me. Um, I was between my undergraduate and master's degrees and I changed schools and I need, and then I find out I need one more credit in history before I can start the master's program. And I was so excited to start the master's program. And I was so annoyed that I had to take this class and it was in history of all things, which I thought oh, this is going to be so boring. Well, it turned out I had this Dr. Reynolds and he loved history and because he loved it so much, and I mean, he truly found it fascinating, it actually turned out to be one of my favorite classes. His enthusiasm for the subject was literally contagious. And that's what you can do for your clients. Your enthusiasm can make it more fun for them, but you truly have to believe it yourself. And that doesn't happen by accident. It's something that you work on by choosing thoughts that serve you. And by that, I mean choosing thoughts about your job that make you feel inspired or excited or whatever you want to think about your job. And of course, it doesn't mean that every day is magical. Every moment at work is wonderful. But it does mean that you truly see and embrace that value of your job as an accountant. And you don't just take the opinions of the world as your own. So, um, and you do this work because... Well, first of all, it's just going to make your life more fun and more rewarding every day that you're at work. You get to enjoy those feelings that you create. And the byproduct of that is your clients are going to see your value much easier also.
And let's go back before we go to coaching. I want to tell you this. I was just fascinated by this story. So I don't know if any of you know where the phrase bean counter comes from, but I looked it up and it comes from ancient Greece. And that, as you know, may know, is considered the birthplace of democracy because they had elections, but many of their minor offices and their jurors, they had jury trials, many of them were chosen by a random drawing and then involved beans. So all the beans were black except for one white bean and through a very complicated ritualistic process involving something called a bean machine, which they actually have some of these bean machines in existence, they would have a random drawing of who won the election. So all the beans would be given out by the bean machine and the person who got the white one was a juror or got the office. But before the random drawing occurred, the beans had to be counted out. And that person who loaded and counted the bean machine was the bean counter. And the bean counter were considered guardians of democracy and they were divine intermediaries helping to bring forth the will of the gods. So far from being considered pedestrian and boring, citizens who were chosen to be the honored bean counters were very well respected and considered to have much high integrity. So I think really when you hear that story, you should think, yes, I'm a bean counter and isn't that amazing? <laughs> but let's get on to coaching. So if anyone is interested in having as a, a, a topic to be coached on, that would be great. Or you can just come on and tell me why I'm wrong. That'd be okay too. Um, or we could brainstorm and come up with a list of reasons, thoughts that you might like to think about your business. So anybody want to, let's see here. Hey, Emma. Yes. So I have something maybe we can talk about on the coaching side. Um, I'm going to be buying out a partner um, mm -hmm. at my current public accounting firm here in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. And the practice um, is mostly tax uh, preparation with tax okay. returns. Yep. And that's not ultimately what I want to do for the rest of my life. Okay. So my struggle is I enjoy the tax side, the strategy side. But mm -hmm. what I really enjoy more is consulting kind of outsource CFO controller duties. Right. And so what I'm struggling with now is how do I, how do I make the transition from the tax preparation, you know, doing some small tax strategy to kind of a complete reversal. Um, it's kind of what I, what I'm trying to plan out now so I can have a, you know, a five-year, a 10-year, you know, kind of horizon once I uh, become a partner. Mm -hmm. So you're buying this firm, right? You said? Yes. Yes. Okay. And you want to switch it from a mostly tax firm to more of a consulting? Correct. Okay. So the clients that you're buying are actually tax clients, right? Yes. So do you have a plan to go in there and talk to the existing clients about what else you're offering? Yeah, and that's honestly what I'm starting to do now. I'm starting to uh, put that footprint in, um, not just for these clients that I'll be buying, but for our entire uh, practice. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of was my first initial start is starting with the existing clients. There's obviously going to be some people there that want and need a uh, type of service like that. 
Mm-hmm. But I guess my struggle is then um, with a lot of us, you know, we really just want to help and be there for people is how do I then stop taking tax work or actually offload, you know, the tax work to focus more on um, the consulting side? Well, I mean, the short answer of that is it's actually very easy. Not to, It's probably the easiest thing not to take work. You just say, I'm sorry, I'm not taking it. Or you refer no. them to someone else. So that's actually not the difficulty. My guess, though, is you have some thoughts about that that's preventing you from, you know what I'm saying? Like not taking work is the easiest thing to do. You just tell someone, sorry, I don't do that. So what is preventing you from just saying that? So I would say probably the one, the culture here, living in a smaller town um, and, you know, eventually going to be like a new partner, young new partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have an influx of, I guess, kind of my network, my connections are going to probably immediately reach out and say, hey, can you do, you know, X, Y, Z for me? Um, and some of those services might not be in line with what I want to offer. And so, you know, the the draw to just try to help somebody out, you know, a close friend, family, um, in a, in a network is kind of tough when you're in a smaller community to where you don't want to be pegged as that guy of, Hey, don't go to him. He's not going to be able to, you know, he's not taking clients or he's not, um, doing stuff like that. So there's kind of some of that public, uh, pressure, um, in the community to kind of be able to accept clients and Mm -hmm. not just turn them all away. Mm-hmm. And then our culture here has been a very generalist practice to where nobody really turns away work that they're not wanting to work on. And they kind of just accept a lot of the stuff that kind of comes through the door. And so I'm really trying to not only focus on my kind of progress going forward, but also help some of these other partners kind of grow along the way too and be like, look, maybe. Maybe we don't need to accept everybody. Maybe we need to be a little more specialized um, Mm -hmm. in kind of the stuff we do. So it's just a a struggle of changing the culture and the perception kind of in our our firm and community. Yes. And to that, I would say, first of all, you can't change what anybody else thinks or does, right? Yeah. Like you're saying, you're, you're hoping to change the culture in your firm. But truthfully, people are going to do whatever they're going to do. And the best, all you can do is change your thoughts and feelings and actions, right? And so instead of focusing on them, everyone else, as in the general public who might have things to say about you and, and the partners who are maybe going to do things differently and may think you're too young or you don't know what you're talking about, I would work on developing your belief in what you're doing so that you start to move forward with those actions. And if you're talking to a client, say, you know, Bob from across the street comes over and wants to talk to you about doing something you don't want to do. I truly believe that if you talk to him and are encouraging and listen, I want the best for you. And I am not the best for this service for you, but I would love to refer you to someone. Here's what I can do. And I would love to help people out with this. If you truly are looking and serving him, you know, or her, you want the best for them. And maybe the best for them isn't you. That makes sense. Because you're, you're saying, if you're saying my heart's not in this and I really don't want to do this, are you the best 
practitioner for them. Yeah, not not for those services, for sure. Right, right. Not for those services. And that's exactly the way to put it. You know, for this particular thing, I'm not the best person for you. But let me tell you what I do. This is what I would love to help you with. This is what I would be excited to work with you with. And then the person goes away with more of a feeling of being cared for and you're being honest with them. And they maybe they even remember the things that you said, you know, and when they're talking to some other business owner who says, geez, I really need some CFO help and they might remember you. So what do you think of that? I think it makes sense. Okay. Then you also mentioned the partners. Do you think that there's anything you're going to be able to say or do that's going to make them change the way they've been doing things for years? I think um, some of our younger ones, um, we have a couple older, um, obviously that generation's kind of cycling out of the workforce now. and, And I don't think they would be willing to change, you know, with you know, just a few years left on their kind mm-hmm. of their tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited about the group that we have um, uh, younger partners. And so mm-hmm. really do think a lot of us are kind of on the same track. I don't, I don't think they, because just listening to Geraldine and, and following her blogs and podcasts, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to push a little harder on some yeah. of this stuff and not as um, sitting back and just being like, okay, well, yeah, we'll get to it. Or no, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. But, you know, not really following up and doing any actionable items. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping, you know, if I can, like you said, instill the belief in myself um, and start working, they can kind of, um, kind of like lead by example and they can be like, wow, okay, that is something that can work for us. Yep. And that's exactly what you're doing when you're talking about, like, I'm listening to these blogs and I'm following this stuff. And the more I learn about it, the more you're becoming convinced, the more your thoughts are leading to feelings of confidence or enthusiasm. And then your actions are going to reflect that. And other people are going to see that. And you never know, you never know which of these older partners may decide to follow your lead, but I wouldn't worry about it. You just keep doing what you're doing and working with the people who do want to work with you and they'll take notice, especially if you're doing well, you're picking up clients, you're making money. I mean, nothing convinces an older partner to pay attention to you more than that. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I can't, I guess having that accountant mindset, we'd like to be in control and, <laughs> and have a plan for everything. And, and so yes. it's hard to, you know, yes. not have the control of the situation ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little, uh, against the norm, I guess, for the personality trait. So takes, yeah, it is. takes more I- effort, like diligent effort of like, you know, like you were kind of saying, like practicing thoughts, um, mm-hmm. uh, consistently. Yep. I agree with that. But just because it's a little more difficult doesn't mean it can't be done, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I really believe this, that I think it's harder to go the other way for people who are not analytical and logical and number oriented. I think it's harder for them to learn about and be comfortable with logic and numbers 
I think it's harder for them than it is for someone who already has it to learn and to let go of control a little bit and become more free thinking. So I think you've got that. Um, Alexandria is saying she's looking into transitioning her practice. It's very similar from a traditional tax firm to a tax and financial advisory firm. And she wants to focus on VIP days and then convert full year consulting packages. And she's struggling with exactly what to say that she offers. She loves working with entrepreneurs to ensure their business foundation structure is solid and help them um, execute financial goals and build wealth. And I'm not just sure how to package it and what, to, what it says that it's included in the package. Um, it sounds like, Alexandria, you know what you want to do. And this is maybe a topic that I would take to the office hours with Geraldine actually constructing the package um, with, I don't know if you're going to do levels and then what's in each level, but I would say that's get really clear on what you want to do. And then I would take that to Geraldine to put the package together with the numbers and the exact wording. Does that sound good? All right. Does anybody else have any comments or questions or want to argue with me about what I said today. Don't you think it's astounding? Have you ever thought about all the medical shows, right? There's so many medical shows and they're all portrayed as so exciting and glamorous. And if you think of the reality of being a doctor, sometimes it's very boring and particularly gross. So if you can turn the medical field into something glamorous, I think we can do the same thing with the accounting field. I truly believe it. We just have to really get the right thoughts and the mindset into how we are really transforming our clients' lives and get excited about it ourselves. And that'll make a huge difference. Anybody else? Let me pull up the participant window. Can we call, yes, so you can email your question. Yeah, I believe you can email your questions in ahead of time. Um, hello uh, at GeraldineCarter.com is where I would email those. There we go. Anybody else want to talk about our topic today? I think accountants are amazing. I think they're brilliant and exciting people. And when you look at it, the bean counters are actually pretty cool. So. so, Emma, I have another question. Yep. So um, I feel like a lot of us understand the value we can uh, offer to clients. I think that's probably uh, why a lot of us are in this job and in, in industry. Good. But what I struggle with, and I imagine a lot of other people do as well, is when I get in front of a client and, you know, I'm giving them the, you know, the pitch on the services we offer, mm -hmm. you know, I tend to get into more of the jargon of the CPA industry yes. and yes you know kind of like you're saying and they start you know wondering well what is that their that eyes really? just kind of glaze over yeah so how are, do you have any maybe tips of like keywords or phrases to kind of keep things simple in those kind no. of meetings to convey the value without having to get into talking about different ratios or financial statements and all that kind of stuff that we're going to, you know, ultimately the tools that we will use to achieve those goals, right. but put it in a more, like you said, a story in an eloquent way of, of kind of communicating. 
Yeah. So what I would do for that, I don't have anything I like, I don't have a script for you in that regard, but what I would do is first of all, sit down and try to think about it from the point of view of I'm, you know, Mr. Dry Cleaner, I own this business. What, what do I understand? What do I, what are my fears? What are my hopes? How is accounting helping me to address those things? I would also talk to people who know nothing about accounting and ask them questions like, what, what do you worry about, about your money? What are you, what do you not understand about your business? What keeps you up at night about your business? Like, you know, am I too, they might say something like, I'm too far in debt. Do I have enough cash uh, reserve to pay my taxes? Think about it from their perspective maybe talk to some people who are not, you know, financially literate exactly, and just ask them what are their hopes and fears and desires for their business, and then try to translate what you're doing into directly addressing those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, It's hard though, because my wife actually, she's just starting her business um, and she's a, a therapist Mm-hmm. And so obviously I'm helping her, uh, trying to let her learn along the way, but that's kind of where I struggle with is where I'll say a term that I seem that I think is very simple, right? I'll say, oh yeah, you know, it's all about your net income at the end of the year. And she's like, well, what is that? Yes. And so it's just even hard to like, like even come up with those simple terms of, of what they need or, or trying to figure out what they don't know compared to what they know is just... Mm-hmm tough sometimes because I, I don't want to make people feel stupid, you know, in a conversation at all. No, um, absolutely. And so, so yeah, that's kind of where I struggle with. Yeah. But I think of yourself as an educator. I mean, I've been a, a professor for a long time and the best way to teach somebody is you have to get, ask them questions and talk about it until you can figure out where they are coming from. Okay. And once I can figure out what level of understanding you're at, then I can build from there. But if I'm talking at a level of understanding that's way above you, it's pointless. You're not understanding any of it. So you have to start working it, trying to figure out, maybe throw a term out like that and not in a condescending way, but just be like, so we'll look at your net income. And then do you, do you really know what that means? Because I'd be happy to explain it to you. Maybe test the waters a little bit, throw out some terms here and there. Um, to see what they understand. And then if you realize, oh, they don't know what that is, then you go back and you explain it. And I think that will help you build that conversation. I like that. That sounds good. I I didn't think of it from a, like an educator side of like trying to figure out where you are, because I enjoyed in college, I tutored a lot of people and, you know, because accounting to me just seemed to come natural. And so it is helpful to know like what's your basic level of knowledge on a, on a topic so yes actually I tutored this kid this friend of mine she texted me and she said well my son is taking an intro to financial accounting over the summer he's eight weeks into a 12-week um, session and he's failing the class would you tutor him and I'm thinking well I would like to have seen him before week eight but okay <laughs> sure send him on over And so we start talking about, I think he was doing um, depreciation and and we're talking about, yeah, book value and this. And I realized like, he doesn't understand. So I kept asking him questions. Finally, we got down to, I'm like, do you really know what a debit and a credit are? He's like, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, okay, I know where to start. <laughs> so you just look for, throw it out of the term, look for their reaction and then say, listen, I'm, you know, we're just talking here and I'm happy to explain this to you. And um, yeah, if you've tutored, you get it. You know exactly how to do it. You're just tutoring them on their own business. Yeah. Yeah, which sometimes is a little harder because sometimes they think they have all the answers. Yeah, but they wouldn't be coming to you if they had all the answers. And now I do agree. Sometimes there is a little um, defensiveness about not knowing something. Like I make a ton of money in my business and yet I don't really know what net income is. And that's what I was saying. Like they know they should know it and they know they don't and that makes them feel maybe a little embarrassed or defensive and i would just be really open with them you know listen you've made a ton of money here you're doing a great job in this business you know your widgets inside and out and this is my thing i'm fluent in this language and i'm 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 here to help you interpret it so that you can get back to your genius which is making the widgets yeah <clears throat> All right. Those are great questions. I think a lot of people changing niches and dealing with clients, everybody can relate to what you're talking about, Alan. Absolutely. So, all right. Anything else anybody wants to talk about? Okay. Well, I think we'll call it a day. Did I get everything? Yes. Okay. All right. I think we'll call it a day. Thanks for coming. Hope you guys all have a wonderful day.